1: Japanese call Godzilla has just walked out of Tokyo Bay. We begin the attack on Earth now. We persuaded the thing to help you with what little power it has left. Godzilla now reigns supreme and will, in all probability, continue his march towards Tokyo, destroying everything in his path as he goes. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. They're going
2: to control you now. Happy February, and welcome to another episode of the Kaiju Cast, the only podcast that I'm aware of that is 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. This is the 14th episode, and uh, over the next hour or so, we'll be talking with a good friend of mine, Rob Johnson, about all sorts of monster-related stuff. Plus, there's a little news to share, lots of music, and the much-anticipated Daikaiju discussion for this month, for the Wrath of Dimaijin. But we'll go ahead and fire the music machine up. No, I said that wrong. But we'll go ahead and fire up the music machine and play an all request block, starting with an overwhelming response for Mothra music.
3: Hamba hamba muyan, landa bangura la, dan, donju kalla kasaku yam, mosra yam, mosra dongan kasaku yam, indomu, rusto villado hamba hamba muyan, landa bangura la, Thank oh, you
2: Hey, do you guys want to know what uh, tracks I just played? Really? Well, okay, here it goes. We started things off with Mothra's song, Mayuji Kosaki, from Mothra vs. Godzilla. Now, that was requested by Drusilla and Brett, in a sense. Brett asked for some Showa Mothra vs. Godzilla, so that was for you guys. Then we moved on to the main title by Tadashi Yamauchi from Gamera the Invincible for Timothy Fleming. And I followed that up with King Kong Escapes lovely track, Kong and Susan One by Akira Ifukube for James Bonney. So there's this dude sitting at the console with me tonight. His name is Rob, and I think I'm gonna introduce him now. Rob's not an Uber fan or one of the diehards like yours truly. I met him through the local 501st Legion Cloud City Garrison here in Portland. Um, So he shares that sort of same geek gene that many of us have. And while he might not talk the G talk or walk the G walk, he's been over a few times for a movie or two. And uh, like last year, when I kicked off the first couple of episodes of the Kaiju cast by interviewing those normal folks, Martin and Jody, and you can't really see it, but I put normal in like finger quotation marks. Rob is here to talk Godzilla shop with me. Welcome to the Kaiju cast, Robster. Hey, thank you, Kyle. Thank you for having me in. So I'm curious, you have to you, you seem to have an affinity for lots of cool stuff. I mean, every time I go over to your place, you guys have cool games playing or you know you're watching some cool stuff, uh, not on TV and um, you know, like anime or talking about Robotech or anything like that. Aside from the stuff over here that you've seen, you had to have seen some Godzilla films in the past. What do you remember most about Godzilla? This could be like uh, one particular movie or even a uh, monster, or even that stupid Hanna-Barbera cartoon.
4: Well, Kyle, you know, I do remember the cartoon, um, watching that as a kid, but not one particular Godzilla movie that I remember. I just remember flipping through the channels, and at the time, just being able, you know, flipping on and watching it, and just being amazed by what I was seeing. Um, a lot of the, you know, the cool models, and the how realistic it looked at the time, being as young as I was, you know, really kind of caught my eye. I didn't, didn't catch on real hard, but I did enjoy watching him what I could. So
2: So this is like, you're talking about when they were showing these things on TV in like the late, late seventies and stuff, right?
4: Yeah, that is correct. Uh, Late seventies, probably early eighties, um, you know, and just flipping through the channels, uh, and occasionally catching one. Um, I didn't know it was, uh, you know, at the time I didn't know, you know, what it was or who it was. So
2: cool. Well, I'm not going to blindside you with any crazy trivia questions like, which Godzilla actor starred in 13 Godzilla movies, and uh, also a non-Godzilla film with Frank Sinatra?
4: Mm, I, you know, I'm just not yeah. sure.
2: No, I, I'm not going to ask you that kind of stuff. But uh, I do want to hear a little bit about, you know, your history. So, what would what would be your first memory of, like, that is Godzilla? You know, your first Godzilla set-in-stone memory?
4: Well, the one set-in-stone would be, his, uh, you know, sitting at my grandparents' house, and uh, one day we were sitting there, and I just happened to flap, flip through the channels, like I was saying, and... It was the first time ever I had seen it, uh, caught it in between, you know, and I don't even remember which movie it was. I just remember seeing this really cool looking, huge monster guy attacking, you know, uh, people from Japan. And, you you know, at that time, you didn't really, you're like, whoa, and uh, there wasn't much subtitling or anything like that. So, you know, it kind of caught my interest there. And you're like, wow, and it kind of, kind of sparked a new interest for me.
2: Yeah, so I'm imagining, I mean, I would assume that's a dub movie you saw. Yeah, yeah. Any any monsters you remember from those those early films?
4: Mothra was probably one of the one of the most memorable, you know, like Mecha Godzilla. Um a little later on, um, you know, Baby Godzilla was another one, that, you know, you saw Godzilla and then you saw Baby Godzilla, which was kinda cool and at the time, um, you know, I was just like, Whoa You know, and his intro and exit and stuff, which was Minya. Uh, yeah
2: Yeah. Mia very cool. Now, for the listeners out there, because you wouldn't know this, um, Tiger and I gave Rob's kids Godzilla Save the Earth for the PlayStation Two um, to them for like their birthday last that, year. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So uh, when they fired up, do you ever get to play with them?
4: Well, occasionally I would, and playing Godzilla, But really, the true enjoyment for me is sitting back and watching those guys play.
2: Yeah, the, I always thought the cool thing about that that game in order, you know, just watching it, is mm-hmm. like you're getting to watch like a custom Godzilla movie.
4: It is. It's really, really cool. And um, with my boys, the nice thing about them too is they're ones to take the game and take it for everything it's got. I mean, they played all the characters they were telling me, you know, and then all of a sudden, one day we're sitting at home and uh, a Godzilla movie happens to come on. And they, you know, so it's, it's leading them up. They, they definitely enjoy it.
2: Nice. I don't think that's how a lot of people learn, but, you know, it's cool that maybe a Godzilla... Video game taught your kids who some of the monsters were. That rocks.
4: Yeah. Well, and then you know they get to know it by name too. It's not just oh the guy with the wings or this guy that yeah. was flying. So they get you know they it's cool to let you know when they come to you. Oh, Mothra
2: I was fighting Godzilla with you know. Yeah, they got that announcer voice on there. Mechagodzilla. Yep. Versus. Versus <laughs> Baragon. I love that game. That is an awesome game. That is my favorite Godzilla game out there. Very cool. So, um, if you do get to play. Who would you choose in the game? Oh,
4: I would just play either. There's a couple different characters, and, and from what I played, which isn't you know, very much, I'd probably just play either a, a more traditional, original-looking Godzilla or Mechagodzilla would be the two that I would I would play, even though I've watched them play each character. And, you know, they're all really, really kind of cool. They have their own little traits. So
2: Very cool. My favorite character in that game is Baragon. He's the one that sort of looks like a dog. He kind of runs around on all fours, a little red dude with a horn and big ears. Jacob, my youngest son. Oh, <laughs> he really likes it. <laughs> I'll have to play him. <laughs> yes, yeah.
4: yes. Uh, I'm sure they would. They wouldn't mind at all coming <laughs> over and challenging and game Godzilla.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. That uh, they are more than welcome to. Next time, yeah. I'll have to have uh, Jacob over here and so I can stomp him like I did Tiger last time I played him. Woo! You know, it made me feel like a big man. Well, beating you know, an 11 year old <laughs> in a video game.
4: You know, yeah, he is sick. So you know, you got to bring him up good. <laughs> <And> you got to. A little tough love will get him far. So yeah. if you want to get him into those finals, you know, for the game playing,
2: you got to. So, so speaking of coming over, you guys came over uh, one time, and we chose Godzilla versus King Ghidra to show you. And mm-hmm. I was, we, um, you know, I have a subtitled version, and that's the one we watched. And I was really impressed that your two oldest kids did not seem phased by that at all. They, they seemed, they seemed like at home with it. They didn't complain or kind of walk around. So they've seen subtitled stuff before, I take it.
4: They have. They've seen a lot of subtitled stuff with the anime that we watch, Robotech and Appleseed and some of the newer stuff. But, you know, um, with my kids, too, another great thing is, is they take the movie and they enjoy it for what it's worth. They're watching it and they're seeing it just like I did. And, you know, they're absorbing all this. I really don't think they they mind what's, you know, kind of what's being said or what's going on. But they, you know, we we heard about it for, for some time afterwards and they really enjoy those movies. Um, it's nice to, you know... Um, Show them that, you know, like, besides anime, that there's, you know, some live action stuff mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. I, I I really kind of like that, too. You know, and they, they talk quite a bit about the tanks getting blown up and, you know, kicking the stuff around and buildings nice. falling
2: down, so. Well, I would be lax in my duties as a Godzilla ambassador for this country if I didn't invite you guys over more to watch Godzilla stuff. That's so. true, that's true. So you'll definitely have to come over again.
4: We will, we will. Um, Definitely need to watch some. Um, My exposure, like I said, wasn't wasn't a whole lot. It was just kind of TV-based, but, you know, we're always up to to watching some Godzilla.
2: Nice. So, okay, so I got some fun questions to ask sure. you. So if you could team Godzilla up or pit him a- against someone, like any anything at all, like some, maybe something from one of the hobbies you like, like you could say Godzilla versus the Death Star, mm-hmm. and you matter how ridiculous it sounds, uh, you know, what, what would you... What would you say, Godzilla versus or Godzilla fighting with something against something else?
4: You know, there's there. if the Rancor was a little bit bigger, you know, Godzilla and the Rancor might be a good call. But, you know, the Rancor is kind of a small guy, and I'm afraid Godzilla would just have to lift his leg and... <laughs> 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 hey, know. so
2: actually, here's a little bit of history. Did you know that when they were first designing the Rancor for Return of the Jedi that Lucas wanted to use a guy in a suit? Very cool. But then they figured out that they, it didn't look right. So we had to go back to models. <laughs> they, went, they did the stop motion and models, you know. So that's it's okay. Right. It's okay. Yeah, that's all right. I just liked how I, I was watching a documentary one time and I remember seeing that they were talking about the Rancor. And they, they, I think they actually showed a design, like a drawing of mm-hmm. a guy wearing a Rancor suit. And actually, if you think about it, right, think about mm-hmm. the Rancor and think about how he's shaped, that would be a really bulky suit to wear.
4: Yeah, it'd be very awkward, very awkward to wear on that.
2: And it's awkward enough, I mean, in those Godzilla suits, the guys who yeah. play the Godzilla character, you know, yeah. play Godzilla. Those guys are intense. They, wow. You know, they have to get in a suit and then basically, you know, do a lot of acting where they can't see anything or hear anything and uh, trust that they're not going to get uh, put into a dangerous situation by the director, which sometimes they're, they have been.
4: Yeah, well, and you know that being uh both of us being in the costume realm, you know, right, yeah. it I mean just doing what we do. You sometimes but you know with limited movement and like you said like with you know certain things going on and everything. Yeah. It would be it would be definitely an interesting uh thing to do.
2: I think wearing Stormtrooper armor is a good precursor for potentially wearing a Godzilla suit.
4: It would just be that the Godzilla suit would cont- you know cover your entire body.
2: So you know, I've heard it's a good way to lose weight. Eh, sweat, a- it, sweat it all out.
4: <laughs> that would work. That would work.
2: So uh, here's another question for you. Kind sure. of, uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there are like over 60 Japanese monster movies out there, including all the Godzilla movies, the Gamera movies, Mothra movies, et cetera,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Other studios, that, you know, all that. Anything that you've seen, like maybe you've seen a monster and said, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to see that movie, or I'd like to, you know, you see. We're in, in my apartment, of course, so, you, you know, if you see a poster around, like, are there any, any movies or any kind of characters you want to know more about?
4: Well, you know, there would be a couple, and I think one of them would be these guys right up here.
2: Um, is that the, the one with the explosion?
4: It is. Here? It's the one with the explosion, Mothra, Godzilla. Yeah.
2: That's um, Godzilla, Mothra, Godzilla, Tokyo SOS. We, we actually, we tend to talk about that quite a bit on this show. That's one of the better Godzilla films out there, Yeah, in my opinion.
4: Um, you know, like you said, there is quite a bit and it, you know, there's a few different characters that we've seen and that I can recognize being, mm-hmm. you are not so familiar. Um, you know, and when you look at a poster, like, Oh man, like this one right here, kind of off to our side, just looks really cool.
2: That, you know, that's funny. Okay. So for the, you guys out there, he just pointed to the space Godzilla poster, which Martin saw the same thing. He was like, that looks like a, this, this awesome movie. Yeah. But in actuality, it is one of the worst Godzilla movies on the market, and and it's pretty bad. <laughs>
4: well, but, you know, the other the other cool thing with Godzilla, and, and no matter how good or bad you still, I mean, you still kind of got to watch it, and, you know, like we had gone back earlier, and I, there's we've watched down through the years, there's been a lot of really good, a lot of bad, and this has been one of the, you know, the the few things that, you know, kind of sticks up and has come back, and, you know, not a real big, you know, it's not real big and popular, but... Every time people see it, there's a lot of people that recognize. He's Godzilla. iconic, yeah. for sure. Definitely Godzilla. iconic. I mean,
2: Godzilla is an icon. Yeah, definitely. Done to Japan, if not the entire world. So yeah, you yeah.
4: know. And then it, in that time, that time, man, he was huge, and he still, you know, he still really is huge. It's just we don't see him as much. So yeah,
2: I, I honestly, I feel like Godzilla is probably never going to be as popular as he was in the like late '60s, mm-hmm. um, around the world in the early '70s, and you know. In if you want to like point at america but uh it, that doesn't really matter so no. much anymore i mean the 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 movies these days i i mean now they're pretty much all classics yeah so uh, that's
4: true and it's it's not something you know the one thing that we really get enjoyment out of with Godzilla is it's it's it is it's not something you can reproduce now right you know and and a lot of people you know as much as they you know we've gone to c g i and things mm-hmm. at, at yeah I really like all the old models they used to have and all the, you know, some of the old stuff, so.
2: Yeah, I think there's something uh, in general that I've been trying to kind of put my finger on about what it is about those older movies that I enjoy so much. Even the newer movies don't really do it for me, and it, they don't kind of strike the same chord as the older ones do. Um, s- my friend Cindy and I were hanging out and watching um, Daimajin, and we actually were talking about this new version of the the Majin series Mm -hmm. Um, it's a TV series and you know you look at what's happening in TV across at least the US and maybe the world and it seems to me like things should look better than they do coming out of Japan for this genre and that that bothers me I just eventually I think it'll I think it probably will balance out eventually but you never know
4: well one of the things like too that we see in a lot of new movies um you know, and I'm gonna go to a kind of a Star Wars comparison. But like we watch the older movies and watch the newer movies. A lot of cool stuff about the older movies is there was a gritty look to it. It looked like it was worn, that's been there for a long time. It's mm-hmm. you know, and, and we see that with Godzilla, you know, there's landscapes and everything. Nowadays, future Star Wars, you know, everything's shiny and they're trying to I don't think it's got the same feel. It's not the same stuff. Um plus the fact that it would, you know, they'd probably try to it wouldn't be the same guy. In a costume that we know and love, and we yeah. know that it's that guy. It's, well, it's a CGI rendering model now.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, some they they've been doing it in Japan for, with suits since I mean it, up through 2004. I'd and actually even further if you want to count like the Gamera movie and the yeah. the new um, the new Gilala film. They still use suits, but you know they they're targeting different people with that kind of stuff. It's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to pinpoint. But anyway. Yeah. Um, do you have any questions about the genre that I could answer for you, sir?
4: You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to have to take you up on again when I get a little more information, when I know a little more. When I start getting deeper into the, the Godzilla realm and we start watching more movies, which is bound to happen, we're, I'm going to have more questions. I'm sure my, my boys will, too. Um, I think
2: the next time you guys come over, we'll watch a... Uh We'll watch an older Godzilla movie.
4: What, what was the very first
2: Godzilla movie? The very first one ever. Very first Godzilla movie. Just called Godzilla. Just got Godzilla. Actually, what? Gojira, but you know that was the Japanese. What year? year? What year did it? Fifty four, nineteen fifty four.
4: Wow, very yes. cool. So it's been, he's he's been around a while. He's. Did he ever get a star on the Walk or anything? I mean, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Actually, he did. He did. I I saw it happen. Very cool. Actually. Wow. Um, in two thousand four, when we went to go see the premiere of Godzilla: Final Wars. Um Godzilla got a star on the Walk of Fame and it's actually very close to the the Chinese theater where we saw the premiere. That's awesome. There I, I should post some pictures from that. There are that It was a huge deal and I was really psyched to go see it. Tiger got to see it too.
4: Very cool. That that's awesome. Um Yeah, I had no idea, but that is very, very cool for being around as long and then two thousand four hitting and then there's a star. Yeah, so
2: totally. Right on, man. Well, thank you very much for stopping in and seeing me here at the Cast studio. Oh, I, thank you for having me to the man cave. of <laughs> the man cave. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mutant man cave. I think we're going to play some music before I get into the Godzilla news. And I think we're going to start off with a little song that I heard from uh, the Ballads of Godzilla CD. Ooh. It's called Destroy Hedera. Very cool. there started off with Destroy Hydra" from the Ballads of Godzilla album I don't know much more about that I pretty much have uh, very limited information available to me about that particular CD uh, then we followed that up with the main title from Ultra 7's song which is you know from the Ultra 7 TV show music was by Tohru Furyuki, and then I finished that group of music up with uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla's main theme from the Godzilla acapella album, and I uh, have to say that as weird as that album is, it's really fantastic. Everything on that CD is just really well produced, and it's amazing to hear uh, nothing but guys singing, making uh, you know our most popular Godzilla songs. It's really, really pretty cool, and instead of you know, continuing to ramble on and on about it. I'm just going to go ahead and start up Godzilla News.
1: This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures
0: exist in the 20th century.
1: The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from
2: Japan. All right, so there's some really cool news out there this month. Um, I have to say that I'm going to start with a subject that is close to my heart. My good uh, friend in the shell, Gamera. Many of you know me from uh, starting the Shrine of Gamera website a long time ago. And of course, that's now pretty much not being updated at all because there's no need for updates. I think there is right now, though, because the Shout Factory company is releasing Gamera movies on DVD, like officially coming out with legitimate copies of the Shoah movies. And it's really cool because not only are they, you know, going to start releasing these pretty soon, August Ragoni, who's my friend in San Francisco, used to work with him on Henshin Online. He is actually working on the special features for all these DVDs. He's got all the information on his website. Go check out August's blog. I'll have the link in my show notes, of course, for the Colossal Shalonian Lives article. Next up, on SciFiJapan.com, Ed Gojachowski is reviewing the Toho Special Effects DVD collection from D'Agostini. Now, I talked about these a little while ago, I think a few months ago on the show. What the deal is, is they've got uh, every three to four weeks, a new magazine comes out in Japan from this company called D'Agostini Japan. And inside of these magazines, there's a DVD a lot of people already have these movies, and of course these are region two releases. They're not for the States. But aside from the discs themselves, you also get this magazine that's just full of photos and I'm sure little byline information. Go over to sci-fi japan.com and check it out. I, of course, will be posting that in the show notes as well. And speaking of DVDs, I'm on a roll here, can't you tell? The new Ultraman film, Mega Monster Battle Ultra Galaxy is coming to DVD on April 23rd in Japan, of course. But the good news is that Subarai is actually giving the film English subtitles. So if you like Ultraman and spending like 40 bucks for a DVD and you have a region-free player, because this is going to be region two, you'll definitely want to check out the link to Sci-Fi Japan's article for all of the details by Jim Ballard. And then, of course, just after I posted the last episode of the Kaiju Cast, Sci-Fi Japan posted an article from John Dutch DeSantis that goes into a lot of detail about current availability and uh, market trends for Bandai toys. So if you're a Godzilla collector, like I am, and you're interested in picking up a bunch of older figures, because, you know, those things have been out of uh, production for a long time, you'd definitely want to check out this report. It's, it's kind of cool because he sort of goes into a sort of a price guide, even though I don't really believe in price guides themselves. He kind of explains things, and I think if you haven't been collecting for a long time, it's probably some really good information. So, again, that's from SciFiJapan.com. And you can you can see a theme here. I don't actually do any of the the news stuff. If you haven't heard me say this, I don't actually go out and get my own scoops. I rely on my friends' websites to kind of hook me up with the info. Now we come to the Stuff I Can't Afford section. Once again, Ed Gojicowski has uh, wowed me with a whole bunch of photos of stuff from the new Wonderfest in Japan. Uh, I mentioned something last show about some really cool pictures. And now we have a lot more to look forward to because um, on sci-fi Ed's got even more stuff up there. and um, So you don't have to like scroll through everything and figure out where these are. I will of course post the link in the show notes. And last but not least, before we begin the Daikaiju discussions, I wanted to make sure that I mentioned something. I have not seen any website actually cover this. I'm sure I probably missed it somewhere. But on YouTube, there are um, videos on YouTube. You're saying, duh. Of course, Kyle, there are always videos on YouTube. But there are um, these videos from Katakawa, which is the company that purchased Daye. So they release all the DVDs for, for Daie's movies in Japan. And they recently came out with Blu-ray discs for, you know, Daimajin and the Gamera films. And uh, now... They actually have footage from the Damaging Canon TV show in there. It's not only just like little clips and footage, but also a couple of little behind-the-scenes shots, too. You can see somebody like jumping through the air, and there's green screen behind it. That, for sure, I'm going to put into the show notes, and I'm also going to put a little note in there, the link next to the link, that says, if you really want to see this stuff and you don't want to see all the other uh, cool footage from the other movies, just skip forward to whatever that time is. That'll be in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Now we close the chapter on the Godzilla news for this month, and we move on to our next section. As I've said, every month from now until like eternity, we're going to be covering one movie per episode. Last month, it was Godzilla Final Wars. This month, it's Wrath of Daimajin, and it's time for Daikaiju Discussions. So Cindy and I just finished watching Wrath of Daimajin. How'd you like it, Cindy?
0: I liked it. I hadn't seen it in a while. Um, haven't seen actually any of the Daimajins for several years.
2: Yeah, it's a little weird. I, I did. It was totally random. This Daikaiju discussions list was totally random. So I didn't have any control over seeing the first versus the third film. And uh, Wrath of Daimajin is the third film in the trilogy.
0: It's the one with the kids, yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. And as I was saying in uh as we were watching it I think that I think that I love the film first off but um I think that as a trilogy goes maybe this is one of those ones that says um hey you know we've got all these kids in here because we need to bring in a bigger audience or um maybe the f- they just thought the last one needed something m- needed a little bit more of an audience than the first two did cuz the first two are rather you know mature-themed The first films. two are pretty grim.
0: Um, I don't think anybody would be running out to take their children to see it.
2: Yeah. even it, It's very different from their Gamera movies.
0: Oh, definitely. I mean, the early Gameras were definitely, hey, you could take your kids to it. There's lots of kid characters in there that they can relate to. Though with this third Dimajin, when that the first child character dies like hey you got really attached to him he's really gutsy you know he's gonna lead everybody and go save the villagers and then he gets swept away by the river
2: yeah yeah that's i remember when i first saw that i was quite shocked that 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 the kid died
0: well didn't you say that that's the one thing about japanese films that they they throw in that twist the (laughs) character that you really like you think is a lead character you get really attached to somehow emotionally all of a sudden bang they're the next one gone.
2: <laughs> yeah, they don't follow that standard uh, that standard format that we're used to here in the States. I remember, uh, now This is totally off topic, but I remember watching my, my first few Japanese horror movies and being like, whoa, they killed everybody.
0: Yeah, most of the people die or the people that you think would survive to the end if it was an American film. Yeah. No, somewhere about the middle or two-thirds of the way through, suddenly they get killed off.
2: Yeah, but this one, at least the only people that died were the the people you thought were going to be the leads. Everyone else survived, (laughs) except the bad guys, except the bad Uh, guys. Of
0: course, the bad guys have to die.
2: All right, so let's go over what I do know about this film, some statistics, if you will. Uh, Clearly, this is the third of the Three My Gene Trilogy. Now, Cindy, did you know that all three of these movies came out in 1966?
0: No, I didn't.
2: Yeah, every single one of them.
0: They made three films and released in all the same year.
2: Yep, all three of them. The first one was, obviously, Damajin, which came out in April. In August, Return of Damajin came out. And then this one came out in December, which may have been one of the reasons it was winter-themed.
0: Ah, oh, right. Lots of snow.
2: First monster movie with snow, I would imagine. Because it's 66. The next one we see with snow is 67, Son of Godzilla. Yeah. When that's artificial snow, too.
0: Right. This one, I, you were mentioning that it looked like they shot a lot of it outdoors. Yes. And the scene with the, uh, the four boys climbing Majin's mountain, it looks very rough. It's very steep. I'm thinking, my God, you have kids <laughs> climbing this mountain.
2: Yeah. Things must have been different for child actors in 1966.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Climb the mountain, uh, slide down the mountain, fall into the river. Because they have to be shot walking out of it,
2: yeah, <laughs> I think uh at one point, I was trying to count the scenes that I thought were studio sets because it seemed there were so many non studio sets like out and you know on location shots, and it definitely um there were definitely a lot more on location shots, everything except for you know the the part where they're crossing the little tree. To get over the water. Oh right, the, the that when part they chop the tree down to cross the yeah. chasm. That part was a studio shot, and then the part where um, that you know they're going over the snowy pass. All of the stuff with the snowy pass that was all studio shot. You can tell.
0: Yeah, you could tell because when uh, when kids trying to wake up his friends and shaking them, uh, the ground underneath seems a little spongy. <laughs> a
2: Little spongy, a little powdery. Yeah, <laughs> some fresh pow. Um, the uh. And, the, you know, there were a few more. The sulfur pit clearly was a, a stage. I mean, I y- don't think you'd really want to throw Maybe that's why that lead actor died, though. They couldn't <laughs> resurrect him because they threw him in a sulfur pit.
0: Uh, possibly,
2: yes. Real or not, you be the judge. But um the other thing that I would say about this is that uh, a lot of people probably know that, that have seen the movie, and you commented on it, the music... Yep. Sounds very like Godzilla because Master Ifukube did the film, did the score to the film. And uh, my um, as we were watching it, my thoughts were, I know this song from somewhere. And uh, there's specifically one track which I'm going to actually play in the episode um, from this film. But it's also used in Godzilla Fantasia, which is the the completely Ifukube scored Godzilla montage scene and it's kind of a nice mellow song and then but everything else i mean just you have those cues from Ifukube in there that it's unmistakable for a giant monster film and, and his his music
0: yeah when you when makes his entrance if you close your eyes and you listen to the music and you listen to the footfalls yeah. you think you're going to open your eyes and see godzilla
2: yeah the um the the majin character though I like how he was only, um, he wasn't, you know, as tall as a skyscraper. He was probably, I think he's probably only maybe 30 feet high. Something like that. If I had to guess without without looking through any of my books or anything like that. Any of my book or anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Your one book. My one book.
0: Probably based on, if you, especially if you look at uh, the size of his hand. For example, when he grabbed the bad guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah
0: you base it on that probably about 30 feet
2: yeah you know they made a they did make a life-size version of him there's a couple of pictures in there if it's not in there it's another book i do have but yeah life-size version of my and he's like it's still pretty big if you came across it when you were touring Ketakawa or Dae back in the, at the day i'm sure you'd probably want your picture next to it <laughs> right next to his
0: foot <laughs> <laughs> next
2: to his foot or his knee yeah you know well, maybe it's foot um but okay, so also this uh should be noted that wrath of Demaging is the third film which we've already said a d v films who released the f- these movies on d v d for both v h s and d v d actually they um they screwed up the order, so if you look at the the title of the film that we watched on the on the d v d case it actually says return of demmaging but unfortunately they messed up and that's not that's not really the case this one uh, the japanese <laughs> title if i can say it without screwing it up is daimajin yakushu which means um literally means like daimajin's counterattack." attack yakushu yakushu anyway i'll edit that out <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the film, you know, th- as a, as the final film in the trilogy, I still thought it was very strong and I'm sure we'll of course need to watch the other two on down the line. At least they're not super far apart, you know, not, those aren't the last movies we're watching in the, in the Daikaiju discussions. <laughs> right. <laughs> and anyone can watch these clearly cause they are available. They're just kind of hard to find.
0: Yeah. It's not something that if you say, Hey, let's watch a, a Japanese monster or giant monster film usually Godzilla pops up first people think of Gamera second
2: yeah I personally I like these better than the Gamera than the early Gamera early Gamera right I love Gamera movies I love Godzilla movies but I have to say the tone of these three films is just very very serious and I, I wish that oh especially the first two yeah I wish that the new newer films would maybe keep themselves a little too a little more serious like these films
0: yeah, the what you said about the early Gamma films. Uh, those are definitely kid films. Mm-hmm. Lots of kid characters, lots of singing.
2: <laughs> lots of singing. Well, a different, completely different director, right. too. So I'm sure that whoever came up with the the idea of making a Majin film or trilogy had literally no connection to the Gamera films. And really, we're talking about g- the first Gamera film came out in 1965. These all came out in '66 the s- the second Gamera movie was Gamera vs. berugon right and that was all that was actually a pretty serious film um that had the least amount of children in it for sure if, if if there were any in in that one but it did have a monster that sort of grew a light rainbow out of its back so yeah. <laughs> i don't know how serious you could take that movie this, actually my least favorite Gamera movie was Gamera versus berugon but uh, the Majin trilogy it's super strong for me
0: now, do you know whether they shot all three of them before they released the first one?
2: I doubt it. I I doubt it, but I don't know for sure. I'm sure if somebody out there knows a little bit more than I uh, than I do, maybe if August is listening, uh, he could write in. Somebody could write in and tell me a little bit more about how they shot this and and what the decision was. But I've never. It's it's actually very difficult to find material based. Um, solely on these movies. Usually, Majin is a footnote right, amongst yeah. other monsters. And so, these three films, while they're super great, and, you know, like everyone has their flaws, every every film has its flaws, they're still very solid pieces of work, even in a, in a trilogy format. But I don't know if, I think they probably planned on releasing them all in one year, but I doubt that they shot them all and And then release them individually,
0: yeah,' cause that's that's a lot of film work to do in a year to you know shoot, edit, and release three films,
2: true, but this is the goal- i mean well, this is this was done in the golden age of of Japanese cinema when they were pumping out awesome, awesome movies, and also there uh, with the exception of the monster of terror himself mm-hmm there are no other recurring characters that, that take place, even, even though this kind of seemed like a Lord of the Rings-esque movement. Yeah. Kind of, I like one time the kids are like leaning down to like drink some water out of, a, out of a giant lake. And like I totally thought, man, they should have like some kind of monster in the lake that attacks <laughs> them and, and gets, the, gets the kids in some more danger. Because at that point there really wasn't much danger at, at the time.
0: No, uh, the sun was shining. The water was calm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I really liked how the um how the beginning part that we were talking, when w- the movie started, and they show how Majin has control over all these elements, and he's making the, the mountains a hell on earth, basically.
0: Right. It's raining, and then there's a lot of wind. Trees are being knocked over, and the next thing you know, you blink. It's snowing.
2: And then he raises his fist right. up, and the <laughs> sky clears... And the sun turns into a baking oven and just cracks the earth. It's really pretty cool imagery there. It's very montagey too. You know, you kind of get that sense that this is this is a perception over time of of uh, the the God's power. Really, I really dig that. And the kids weren't too bad. I mean, there's the, the littlest kid, littlest kid, not the best it, actor.
0: Well, yeah, but you got to cut him some slack. He is. A, they were little kids and. I'm just wondering how how much they enjoyed doing it
2: i I would hope they enjoyed doing it i don't know I don't know if any of them continued their acting career like I said this finding any information at all on this movie is is actually very difficult. You have to rely on the internet and everybody knows the internet well, not everybody, but a lot of people know the internet is not one hundred percent reliable It's not I know it is. <gasps> I'm I shy. hate to burst the bubble. <laughs> really hate to be that I'm guy. I'm crushed here. Um, but I, I thought they didn't do too bad. You know, the, the three older kids, I thought for sure, definitely sort of, I don't want to say they inspired me to be a better person, but I felt their plight. You yeah. Know? They want to go f- save their family. I don't know for sure if I agree having a son. I really don't agree with the whole like, hey, let's sneak out and let's not scare our mom. Let's Let's not tell
0: mom we're going anywhere because it will make her worry. Right. Like she's not worried when all of a sudden none of you show up for dinner.
2: Right. The big communal dinner. Where are the kids? I'm sure they're out playing on My Jeans Mountain. Sure.
0: They'll be back soon.
2: Yeah. Oh, I like the hawk, too. You know, that's something they didn't do in the other films is they had uh, the Majin had his sort of messenger. Right. Which was the hawk.
0: Keeping an eye on the kids and seeing what they were doing.
2: Yeah. I dug that a lot, actually. There's a lot of imagery in this film I, r- I really like, you know. G- what was your favorite part about this film?
0: Uh, actually, when Tsubo shoots those two guys in the leg. <laughs> that was
2: pretty awesome. It's just like. He's so nonchalant about it too. They're like, yeah, exactly. The other two,
0: the <laughs> three other boys are trying to push this heavy tree off the edge of the, you know, that used as a bridge to prevent the bad guys from getting across. The bad guys are laughing at them. And so the, the youngest, are, yeah. tiniest kid takes a little bow now and shoots two of them.
2: <laughs> and the kids are freaking out as they're going across too. And he's just like sitting there going, "Hurry up, hurry up!" And Then the bad guys come, just pulls it out, thunk, <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's good stuff. That's good stuff my i think my favorite part of the the film um was just if i had to you know sum it up into one big word it'd be imagery you know everything they've got going on from being out in the on the mountain mm-hmm. and in the wilderness you know just really really kind of hits home for a, a new way of doing things in a in a monster movie even though this is from 1966 you don't get to see that you're right yeah i mean what's another monster movie that's like Shot almost entirely out in the woods. Well, actually you don't even have to go almost entirely out in the woods to find one. War of the gargantuas. There's a lot of lot of stuff yeah. out in the woods. But those things are massive. The, all of those were real sets. You know, or real sets. All of those were studio sets. Right. So but yeah, I, I you know, in the snow, you know. I remember when I saw Gamora 2 in the in the very beginning, Gamora lands and it's in the snow. Yeah. And I said to myself, Oh, I've never seen a monster movie in the snow. That's because I hadn't seen any of the Majin films, but now I have. You would definitely recommend this to your friends, right? Oh, definitely. If they said, "You know what? I'm not really a, you know, all up on the giant monsters. I've seen some Godzilla movies. What else?" You'd go, "You got to check out the Majin films."
0: It's you know because it's not. I wouldn't classify it as a monster film necessarily.
2: It's sort of a. It's sort of like a almost like a revenge feudal japan revenge film yeah
0: feudal japan uh mythology supernatural yeah
2: yeah, yeah film. like mythology definitely i kind of wonder how how much no i'm not asked i'm not saying i i think that there's a real group who worships worships something like majin but like i kind of wonder how close to home this this theme hits with Actual feudal Japan sort of mentality. How far back do you have to go in Japan's history to actually get to the people that believed that there was a god living in the mountain that would come alive and destroy things? He was
0: that the god was the cause of earthquakes and blizzard storms and things like that.
2: Yes, I'm just kind of curious. But anyway, yeah, those are those are pretty much what I what I liked most about the film. So, yeah. I'm glad you could come over. Oh, thanks for letting
0: me come over and and hang out and watch this.
2: Yeah. So, all the other punks who didn't show up. Yeah.
0: And uh, even people who aren't with us in Portland.
2: Yeah. Especially people who are like live in New York and work for the comic book defense legal fund.
0: Yeah. Who used to live in Texas.
2: Those kind of people. I mean, really. I know. Brady. (laughs) So now you have to tell him he has to hear the show. But you, I'll tell you when it goes up online. Okay, so you can, we'll,
0: we'll you know. both uh, send him messages and poke at him. Hey, you should check out the show. You missed Dimogen because you were in New York.
2: And he was too busy to send in any questions.
0: <laughs> what a punk.
2: Although, to be honest, I couldn't have answered any, any real <laughs> questions from this film. <laughs> uh, your guess is as good as mine, pal. Did you look at the Wikipedia page? Because I did. <laughs> That's what I got. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that's a, that about wraps it up for the round table that really is just a two-sided table this time. But, you know, I'm sure yeah. next month my my good local kaiju cast guests and visitors and friends won't putz out on me. So, yes, next month we'll be talking about Godzilla versus Gigan. Cindy, thank you very much for coming out. I really appreciate you as a friend and as a Godzilla fan.
0: Thank you. I had a lot of fun.
2: Awesome. Well, we will uh, see you next month. If it weren't bad enough that almost all of my friends wimped out and missed Wrath of Daimajin, only one listener turned in their Daimajin homework. So congratulations to James Bonney, who is Student of the Month or something. Specifically, James notes that he had nothing bad to say about the film. He said it's simply a stunning piece of Japanese cinema. Everything from the Japanese mountains to the realistic worksite is a sight to behold. All of the acting is top-notch and really puts each character in their situation well. I also like how James described the payoff. For an hour, we sit on the edge of our seat, cringing our teeth at our nasty villain. Just when you think you're going to smash your television in anger at this jerk, down comes the god of the mountain, Majin. The beauty of the Majin character is that he is such an omnipotent force he doesn't need to go completely berserk and lose his mind in reigning vengeance on the wrongdoers. No. Instead, he slowly walks towards his victims, knowing that there's no escape or salvation for our evildoers. He doesn't even need to make any other facial expressions. You know what's on his mind, as it was probably on your mind during the first two acts. And I think that really sums up some really cool sub- Text throughout all three of the Majin films is this whole revenge thing. You don't really get that in Godzilla. You sort of get a little bit of a taste of it. Specifically, Megaguirus. You know, Godzilla is attacking mankind because of the energy that man is using. And when they put a ban, when Japan puts a ban on that kind of energy use, everything's fine. Until all of a sudden, mysteriously, Godzilla attacks again, and everybody's like confused. And then in the end you find out that the band energy has actually been resurrected again and that's why Godzilla is attacking. So in a sense it's sorta of the same, I guess. But not not to be confused with the awesomeness of Damajin. James, you also commented on the miniature work and I I agree, it looks great. But I think that it should look great, since at the time the sixties, miniature work was sort of Japan's forte. Majin is only about 50 feet tall, so that miniature work is on a much bigger scale, and it had better look good, compared to what Tsuburaya was doing in the Godzilla films. That definitely wraps up Daikaiju discussion for this month. Next month, as I said before, we're going to be watching Godzilla vs. Gigan, the 1972 classic, also known as Godzilla on Monster Island here in the States. If you have a copy, make sure you check it out this, uh, this next month, and get your comments to me before the end of the month before like the last week that's usually when i end up doing my show um i will be doing the same thing having friends over to watch the movie and we will be discussing it at a roundtable sort of scenario afterwards so send your comments questions and you know any kind of thoughts you have on godzilla versus gigan to controller at kaijucast.com just do it before the end of the month when i do the show i'll try and alert people through facebook and stuff when we're getting close and that that pretty much does it I want to thank my guests for showing up. That was, of course, Cindy for coming to the Daikaiju discussion screening in my screening room, which is my living room, and also my friend Rob Johnson for hanging out with me at the audio console and talking Godzilla. Also, thanks to those who took part in the poll, 17 voters. Hopefully, we can get some more, guys. If you want to vote in the poll, make sure you go to kaijucast.com. Look on the right-hand side. This month's poll said that I was very interested in seeing how many of the listeners have branched out past Godzilla and have seen, um, you know, the 67 films in the Daikaiju discussions list. And, um, while I personally, I have not seen all of those movies, um, I had seen a good chunk, which was, uh, no, I had seen most, which was 45 to 66. And I'm happy to say that nine other voters said they had seen, uh, or, you know, eight other voters, aside from myself, had seen 45 to 66 of those films. Only one person had seen all of them, which, whoever you are, good job. Uh, One person had only seen the Godzilla films. And, uh, let's see, six people had seen a good chunk. So, kudos to the people who like uh, these movies and who are voting in the poll, which I guess really is, you you know, pretty much the only people who would fill out the poll or people who listen to the show. As always, I do need to say that if you found the KaijuCast through iTunes or some other podcast directory, make sure you actually check out the website for the total monster experience. Just go to KaijuCast.com. Anyway, the other thing I always say is I love hearing from you guys. So, make sure if you uh, have any questions or thoughts or you did like the show or you didn't like the show, anything you want to share go ahead and send it to controller at kaijucast.com. I will definitely write you back eventually, and hopefully sooner than later. That is uh, pretty much everything I got for you this episode. Now, I'm going to leave you with a few tracks, starting with two from Wrath of Daimajin. I can't really tell you anything else about these because I don't know the titles. All I know is that they were by Akira Ifukube, and then the final song will just kind of be a nice little mellow outro to the show. Jamata!